pause and like what they don't know yeah. and how much they don't know and like I don't know it's just been really cool that's awesome yeah so I feel like everybody's getting really really close I'm actually think I've been wrestling with just hitting them continuing in Matthew so we did the crucifixion in Matthew did the resurrection in Matthew I'm thinking to just keep going and hit the great commission and end out Matthew and just hit them with the land the great commission landing after the cross resurrection like just be like alright guys what are we doing? I would, I'd encourage you, like, with your father, he's asking for evidence. Uh-huh. Tell him, look at my own life, dude. Dude, I told him. I, I swear, I told him. What more do you need? Like, that's why he said, you have evidence, Dad, because, like, he's seen, he's seen you. He's seen you. That's like a screamo metal thing. Your mom, I mean, you, yeah. you're, you have to pray for some like miraculous things in your family. Some crazy stuff. Yeah. He knows and attributes yeah. it all to God too. And the frustrating thing to me is like we met and then when, and he was like, I was like, we even thinking about the Bible study. First thing he said was he talked about my grandma being Catholic and bringing up Catholicism and stuff. And uh, he was like, you know, and what you need to do, Trey. This is how you're going to reach your grandma. That's what he told me. What? He said, he said, yeah. straight up, he said, this is how you're going to reach your grandma. And he's like, you, you, what you need to do is you need to tell her to bring all her literature and her, about purgatory and her <laughs> stuff. And, and he, said, he said, you tell her to show you where it's at in the scripture. Yeah. And then she won't be able to show you it because it's not there. This is what he told me. And then he said, and then you show her. And I literally was like,
your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Alright, I want to uh, pray for our time. Um, Father, I want to come to you and ask uh, with recognition that our understanding of you and our ability to see you properly uh, comes from you opening our hearts, opening our eyes, opening our ears, and our ability to hear you and see you and feel you um, comes from you coming and opening the door of our hearts. Uh, you have that ability to, to harden and open our hearts at your will. And so, um, Lord, I pray that you would, uh, you would help us to recognize you in your word, to, to really understand your word, to see it, to see what you want us to see, uh, not just to read it and talk about it, but to, but to understand it, Lord. Give us understanding. Give us wisdom in this. And so we know that this comes from you. So that we can better serve you and better worship you. So, in these verses, what do we learn about God? He doesn't just create it. He he's a, an intended gardener. Yeah. Right? Sorry. Constantly cultivating it. Um, not just a gardener or a creator, but he is father. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's good. He's pleased to give us the kingdom. <laughs> values where we place our stock like he, he takes note of what we're placing our hope in right? mm. what do we learn about people you think well we can be anxious mm -hmm. <laughs> going back to God real fast um, thinking about verse 33, like, it's assumed that there's heaven, that there's like an afterlife where um, God is. I see, um, I see in verse 30. Where he's talking about all the nations of the world pursue these things, these things that yeah. are supposed to fulfill us, mm -hmm. right? It's, a, it's human nature. We're trying to serve ourselves, provide for ourselves, build for ourselves. Uh, and I see that God um, wants uh, people to be different 
from the other nations and specifically here in the fact that we're not worrying about what we're going to eat, what we're going to both with and our needs being met. Yeah, I think the key there is that we recognize that we need to trust him to provide those things. Mm -hmm. We trust our Father to love us and know us and provide those things. Even we don't to, feel like we have to go seek it ourselves, right? Yeah. Even to, to the point of, like, it's really hitting me verse 33, like, even to the point of, like, what he already has given, like, give away, not, like, you know, it's like, oh, look, I have these things, so you guys give me. It's like, okay, these are for me, but no, like, give those away and more will be, like, given to you. That's really hitting me hard. Well, like I see this every day, uh, just like the worry about money. So like our company has like a, it's almost like a company Facebook in a way. And it's like every day you get an email and like what people are posting in the company group area. And every single day it's like somebody new is like complaining about their salary or about their pay and how they can't make ends meet anymore. Um, and it really is just like, it's like all the people on the floor talk about, like all the nurses and techs and stuff. That's all they talk about is like, essentially money and how they're going to provide and stuff like that. And so it's like those kind of anxieties should not really mark God's people. Mm -hmm. Specifically because God provides for us. Like we have like a trust in him to do those things. Mm -hmm. Any more thoughts on what we see about, like about specifically the character of God or the character of people? Um, like he's very um, logical like basically there's a, re a rebuttal for every kind of type of worry you can have about provision you know that God actually values you that he has enough he doesn't need your work um, he longs to give you good gifts you know and so it's like no matter where you have anxiety whether does God actually want to give me things? Should I be working for them? Um, is there enough? Like, yeah. you know, he just like answers all of those questions, you know, in these stories. That's good. Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? I just think it's interesting because I don't think like that most people would quite literally like someone who's dying maybe, right? Like would think that adding an hour to their life is a very little thing. But to God it might seem that way. Because I don't know. I mean maybe I don't know exactly like why it's stated like that, but I just think it's interesting that it is stated that way. I don't know what you Well, I think if you're if you're worrying about adding an hour to your life, right? Are we worried? Or do you think he's talking about your your eternal life, like your eternal existence, or is he talking about just our lives here on this earth? What do you guys think about span of life? I think this is just more temp more earthly life. You can't make it last yeah. for like a single hour longer. Than yeah, there's you nothing know? you can do to change your. And I guess uh, it's a very little thing because it's not our eternal life. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's just, it's not just earthly, but it's like compared to eternal. 
life with Jesus. It's, it's nothing. One hour is nothing. And in like verse 31 and 32, you know, he says, he wants us to turn from seeking these things that we're worried about to seek the kingdom. And then he says in 32, but don't be afraid because I actually want to give you the kingdom. So like everything is a gift. Um. Absolutely. I, I was just uh, <clears throat> encouraged and I was talking to George about this. Convicted first. Like looking back in the past or feeling guilt or looking to the future and being anxious um, are both sins to avoid, right? Um, but I was reminded of the hymn in Christ Alone, you know, where it says, no guilt in life, no fear of death, this is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. Um, so just thinking of like Jesus' sovereignty over our lives that like he's numbered our days like we can't get a single hour more or less than what exactly he has numbered down for us and so when we know who he is that is very restful yeah yeah he he has prescribed these things already right Uh, Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways uh well Moving on to things to do, I want to ask a question. Uh, You know, when he says in verse 33, sell your possessions and give to the poor, what do you think he's talking about? Do do you think that means we should just, we should actually just go sell all our stuff after we read this and give it all to the poor? What do you guys think that means? What's the application for that? I think it, it means like giving to, to an extent where, because I think a lot of times we give like from our excess, mm-hmm. but I think this means like sometimes even giving beyond our excess mm-hmm. to where we're like, we might be giving to the point where it's not even a convenient thing to do. Sacrificial giving, yeah. Mm-hmm. Give to the point that it hurts. Mm-hmm. But even the recipient, like, I often wonder, like, is there a such thing as a worthy, needy person? Like, is, is there this delineation in the Gospels between needy people who are, like, good to give to and needy people who aren't? Yeah. You know? Should we be distinguishing those two? I don't know if we no, should distinguish between those two. I think I think we should distinguish what we're giving. Mm-hmm more than who we're given. Mm-hmm. What is it they really need, right? Not the who, but the what. <laughs> 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 A little more practice, I'll get there one day. Relates <laughs> <laughs> what you're saying, um, I mean, it says the needy, mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily qualify the needy. Mm-hmm. Um, we do see, like, in other parts of scripture where it talks about, like, needy believers, um, and, like, the example of that. Um, I'm, I don't know off the top of my head of, like, giving to needy non believers. I feel like it's probably there, but off the top of my head, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting, like, verse 33, it doesn't qualify who the needy are. There is, uh, I will hit on something with that too. Like, there is a, a special love that we have for, um, 
you know, fellow believers mm -hmm. that is greater than the love that we have for our believers. Mm -hmm. You know, there are scriptures that say, like, especially for the household of God, yeah. you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Contributing to the needs of the saints. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm being... Oh, yeah. I was just saying, I think it's like I'm being convicted because it's like, I don't give enough, so why am I trying to be like, oh, but like, should I give to this person or not? Because like, really, I just need to give in general, and sometimes we can like, try to circumvent that by being like, oh, but look, I'm being so wise. And it's like, there's a place for wisdom, but in general, we, I think we all could say we need to get more than what we give. So not putting so many restrictions, you know. If someone around, like, if one of us is, like, literally giving their whole salary, you know, maybe there'd be a room for me, like, hey, maybe you shouldn't give this or that, you know, but none of us are to that point, you know. Yeah. yeah. Is there a reckless way to give, you know? I, I don't think there is. I mean. I think there is. Yeah? I think there's a reckless way to give. If we're giving out of the wrong heart posture. Yeah. yeah. That's good. That can be reckless. Mm -hmm. I was actually about to say, uh, oh, I believe that Jesus is, I know we're, we're focused on the hand issue right now, but I think he's focused on the heart issue mm -hmm. in the hand issue. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why the verse 34, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Amen. So, you know, as we're considering what it means to give to the needy and sell your possessions and stuff. Are we considering that out of the fact that our treasure is in heaven? Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, come on. Right no, down. it's okay. Is, come on, Chris. Is, is, it, is it stale now? <laughs> no, no, I think it's in addition to what Matt's saying. But I think like the point is like we have a treasure that's laid up in heaven, and so therefore we're freed up to give in a in a way that people that are storing up treasure on earth can't give. Mm -hmm. And so it's like the way the world lives and relates to money shows and proves their treasures here on earth. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so I think uh, the way we use our money, utilize it, give it, all those things, it should really prove to even like an unbelieving world that right. we're not banking on this world. We're we got a treasure that's in heaven. Right. Mm -hmm. So. And I would also chime in with something Kiki was saying, like, can it be reckless? Yes to what you said about the heart issue, but also we have to be careful with, like, Dave Ramsey financial wisdom here. I'm not throwing him under the bus. <laughs> I'm just saying that sometimes we do things that don't financially make sense. Like, think about the, the widow that gave all that she had to live on. Yeah. She gave to God. Does that make financial wisdom? No, that's not financially wise, but it was worship. Yeah. Or, you know, Paul talked about, uh, I can't remember what church it was, who gave beyond their ability. Mm -hmm. What does that mm -hmm. mean? It seems to be something financially unwise, mm -hmm. according to financial wisdom, but according to spiritual wisdom, it was wise and worshipful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, those people must have been feeling a call from the Spirit to do something, right? Mm -hmm. To make that unwise. Right. I don't know. This is not an original thought, but the verse that says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Um, a friend of ours, he was talking about how we assume that our money will follow where our heart is. Mm -hmm. But this verse is actually saying the opposite, that where we give our money, then our heart is tied to it. Mm -hmm. um, which I just think that like kind of changed how I view things. Like if I want my heart to be tied to someone or something, 
So then it's like, I should probably give to that so that my heart follows rather than vice versa. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah, I want to, um, I do, I, I see a lot of value in that. I do want to try to stress, like, we should avoid tying money and treasure necessarily together. I think that's the point. Like, our treasure shouldn't be money. Our treasure shouldn't be possessions. Our treasure should be the love of God, that we found salvation, that we, that Jesus is powerful and sovereign. That's our treasure. That's our hope. That's our rock. Uh, that's the thing we sell all of our possessions for, to go buy the field with the kingdom in it. Right? Uh, you know, I, I think when he talks about selling your possessions, I think he talks about in your heart, you sell your possessions. They are no longer yours. You release your control over them. You sell them to God in exchange for the kingdom, for everything. Right? You say, these are yours. You know, that doesn't mean that we get rid of everything that he's put us in possession because God gives us stewardship over things, right? And that, that's biblical. But we also see where we can't, we have to be careful with taking ownership of those things. We don't own those things. If we start having possessions in our heart, then we've taken ownership of what is God's, I think. And so he's addressing our heart posture once again, right? And, and sell your possessions here. Mm-hmm. But it's fascinating. Like, we, like, what, I, I remember before I quit my job when Philip and I were getting married, I used to always say, like, I don't care about being a lawyer. Like, I can just quit being a lawyer any day. It's just like, that's just nothing to me and then I quit and it was like I was having like I had like an identity crisis for six months I just was like and it just proved how much my treasure was in this thing you know even though I kept convinced myself it wasn't and I bet it's the same about our possessions you know I'm like oh we don't need this like I don't need this bigger house in Midtown but if you like actually take it away, uh-huh. it's like, wait a minute. Oh, we're like a bunch of alcoholics. Man. Yeah. I can quit any time I like. <laughs> I just don't want to. <laughs> God's just not calling you to that this season, you know? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, one of the things that's cool about this, um, this passage is it's the end of, a, of like a bookends mm-hmm. section. So it starts with Mary and Martha, actually. Um, and uh, Jesus is kind of calling back or Luke is kind of calling back to what Jesus told Mary in that in that section when you know Lord do you not care that my sister has left me and serving my and to do the serving by myself and tell her to help me and the Lord answered said there Martha Martha you're worried and distracted by many things but one thing is necessary for Mary has chosen the good part which shall be shall not be taken away from her. And then you see in this passage, sell your possessions, give to charity, make yourselves money. But said, do not wear out an inexhaustible treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near, nor does moth destroy. So it's like the same thing. Choose the good part. Choose that good portion. It won't be taken away from you. It can't be destroyed, and no thief can come in and destroy. Um, for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. He's doing. It's it's actually kind of like a bookended kind of section where um, Jesus is encouraging people to choose 
it's like a choosing because the, the whole section is, a, is about that the kingdom is coming. He says it over and over again, over and over again. The majority of the teachings are about the kingdom coming. And um, within this specific section, it's actually interesting that he says, um, well, with this story, it's actually in contrast with the, the guy who's storing up in his barn, right? He's storing up all the things in his barn. And it says, uh, such as the one who stores up treasure for himself and is not enriched in relationship with God, you know? And um, it just keeps hitting over and over again. I won't read all the verses or whatever, but the point is one thing's necessary. Don't don't fear, don't worry about these things, because he says in the section before, um, where is it at? Don't, uh, he says, don't be afraid of those who kill the body. And, and after that, I have nothing more they can do. Um, um, verse 11. When they bring you before the synagogues and officials and authorities, don't worry about how you're to speak or any of your defense. Um, 20 through 21. God said to you, full of the very night your soul is demanded of you, as for all you have prepared, who will, you know, who will own it now? Such as the one who stores up treasure for himself, not rich toward God. And then there, uh, there at the end, at the end, in 32 through the, the end, do not be afraid, little flock. Your father's chosen to give you the kingdom. And um, it's just cool. It's just like a, when you like kind of zoom out of the section and you realize what's the emphasis that Luke is putting on this order of teachings, you know, is mm -hmm. they really consistent and cohesive with one another. Mm -hmm. He's saying we shouldn't be afraid. Really, it's about choose your portion, choose where you're going to be rich. Are you going to be rich in this world? And then when you die, it's taken from you and given to another. Are you going to be rich towards God when the kingdom comes? Are you ready when it actually comes? You know, that's what's more important. It's coming. Choose which one. Which one you're going to have, you know. What have you surrendered your heart to? Mm-hmm. What's that, dude? Yeah. Well, who have you trusted your, your well-being with? Yeah. That's right. And it's just cool because Jesus recognizes and affirms Mary and then, you know, it's like, she's chosen the good portion. Mm -hmm. So like Mary's done it. She's gone. She's yep. there. You know, so cool. I think it's, yeah, important to realize, like, the heart, too, is that, like, uh, sell your possessions and give to the needy, and then, but we're getting something, provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old. And so it's, it's essentially, it's said previously in Luke, give, and it will be given to you. So that's, like, the real heart, is that, like, we're giving so that, like, we're not, so that, honestly, we get, right? Like, yep. it is very much, that sounds kind of bad when uh, just on the surface but it, but it's true that's how the bible talks and i even think about uh uh there's a verse in proverbs that says the righteous give and grow all the richer and, i mean i'm not saying it's always like that but i think like a, a lot of generous people it's like that give, gives them spirit I, I mean sometimes financial blessings but definitely spiritual blessings but yeah yeah i, I remember uh i know like early in my walk um, just for the longest time I was so like ashamed to have any kind of like reward seeking in my heart like I just wanted to beat that down mm -hmm. because I thought that was simple mm -hmm. but then it, I started finding all these different places in scripture where God is giving us rewards he's like yeah. you're going to get rewards and why would he promise those things that they were 
and I, I had to I had to train myself out of that. Like yeah. I want to seek rewards from God. Yeah. Right. I don't want to seek rewards from people or myself or society, but I want to seek rewards from God. Because He's saying He's saying they're good, and I want to believe in Him, and I want to seek those things. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, Hebrews eleven says we actually must as Christians believe. That God is reward. Yeah. We must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who mm -hmm. diligently seek Him. Mm -hmm. Oh, hey, Rose, coming in. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, for me, I need to remember it's not like the value of my possessions, you know? Like my thrift store possessions can be just as much of like a treasure as like anthropology pos uh, for, uh, possessions, you know? Like it's not the value that you're spending on them, but what portion of your own like money and financial treasure are you spending on yourself or your needs without like thought of how the Lord would have you spend that money yeah. or time or yeah energy affection hmm yeah so I, I, so what I see overall with the, the theme of like possessions right is we have to weigh very carefully like where are the places that we're called to let go of Christ? Where are the where are the places where we are like we need our hearts are holding on. We have possessions that we're not wanting to sell. Like what are those things that prevent us from trusting God completely? Um, and how do we let those things go? What is that gonna look like? I think that's a very good practical application for any of us to walk away with. It's like, where are the things that we need to let go of? Um, because Jesus cares about what's in our hearts, not our actions necessarily. You know, we see time and time again in the gospel, Jesus talks about, you take care of what's in your heart, and your actions will flow out of that. You know, be mindful. And, and, I think a lot of times we we forget that we're not really able ourselves to just change our hearts. I think God does that, and so uh, I think in the end we have to we have to say that we're going to throw ourselves before God and ask Him, like, show me the ways where I need to do this. Show me the things in my heart. Show me coming back to Him, you know, seeking Him, seeking His wisdom. And, like, Forgoing our our own ability, but then going to him for that, right? And so, um, but for this specifically, you know, what are those things we can let go? And you know, I love that he's talking about selling all our possessions. But right before this, what was he talking about? How God provides. Mm -hmm. He provides for the sparrows. He provides for all these things. And how much more does he love us than the sparrows? You know. <clears throat> and he says that. He, he loves us more than us. So, anything else to add? We're worried about giving. He's like, sell all your possessions then. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. I would just like to say, provide yourselves with money bags if you do not grow old. Is not referring to Coach or Louis Vuitton or just a good quality person. <laughs> Yeah, you know, these women are all about <laughs> here. <laughs> you know us. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, does anyone feel called to pray over our time? I can pray. I can try, at least. Do you feel called? Do it. Do you feel called? 
Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, if nobody feels called, I'll pray. But sure. <laughs> do I have any volunteers? Go <laughs> ahead. thank you so much that you provide for us. Lord, we like we see the robins outside right now, and the sparrows, and uh, they're just continually being fed by you. And we even see like beautiful flowers. And literally probably tomorrow, actually, they're just not going to be there anymore. And so God, if you care for them that way, how much more do you care for us? God, help us as a church. Help us to really believe that. Help us to bank our lives on your faithfulness. Lord, we long for the day that you return. We long to see Jesus coming on the clouds of heaven and for him to see us and for us to be made like him. We long to receive a reward in his kingdom. Let us pray that we would be ready for that day. Lord, let us love the appearing of Jesus and let us live uh, lives that show that. Lives that show we're banked on your goodness as our Father and the coming of the Lord Jesus. I pray that our church would be marked with just uh, almost a, a radical uh, source of our sense of generosity. That we would just love to give away what you've given to us. And I pray you would enlarge my heart, and I'm sure many of us feel the same way. You would enlarge our heart for the needy among us. That when needs come up, we would be moved. It's like the because the Macedonians, like Matt was saying, we would just be moved to a, a sense of of giving that may not make sense to the world around us, but it makes sense for children in the God of the universe. Um, Lord, I pray that ways you might have convicted us today, uh, you would move us to action this week. That we would not just be hearers of the word as is easy, but we would be doers of the word as well. And harders. Harders of the word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.